You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. No comment, man. Joe, Joe always thinks that has something to do with him. <laughs> that's, that's your guy. Look at him over there. Something's wrong with him. Good night. Yep. See, uh, obviously he's still a vocal guy when he's on the bench like that. Do you? Yeah. Joe don't ever shut up, but I think it's I think it's for the better. We need that when he's on the floor. When he's not on the floor, um, he's our leader, and he's emotional whether he's in the jersey or he's on the sideline. It's not a suit on the sideline in clothes. Yes. Sure, an effect on the way that you play the game. Who? Jokic. Yeah, I mean, Joe makes everybody want to play harder and, um, you know, dive on the floor and take a charge because when you see how emotional he is, you know that he's really into the game. And, you know, you, you want to go to you want to go to war. You want to battle with a guy like Joe. Celtics fall 119 to 103 to the Chicago Bulls in their big three. This is the Garden Report powered by Lynda.com on CLNS Radio and Celtics Blog. My name is Jared Weiss. With me, as always, Jimmy Toscano from CSNNE, Metro, and of course, Celtics Block, and Julian Edlo from CLNS Radio and WEI.com. We are going to break down the Celtics in a competitive game that, of course, because it's the Celtics, didn't end competitively. So the Bulls <laughs> have a new big three, and it is very, very impressive. A little bit of young, a little bit of younger, and a little bit of old to Pau Gasol. But boy, oh boy, were they good tonight. And we saw Gasol was solid throughout the game. Rose was pretty solid throughout the game. And Jimmy Butler absolutely lit the world on fire in the second half there. We're talking about the big three. They didn't even have their fourth guy, Joachim Noah, who still found his way into the box door with a technical, by the way. But yeah, I mean, how can you not be impressed with this Bulls team? I know they haven't been playing great. They've actually been playing pretty bad. They've lost two to one of their Eastern Conference rivals, the Wizards, and they dropped a terrible game to the to the Magic at home. So they came into this game absolutely needing a win. And honestly, I thought that, I didn't thought that, I didn't think they came up pretty good. Didn't think they came up good at all. Excuse me. Um, Thibodeau wasn't that upset with their performance in the first half after the game. He said that it was just the Celtics playing good offensively. He said they were contesting shots and everything, but. Celtics couldn't keep up that 60% shooting percentage in that first half. Everyone yep. knew that wasn't going to last. And the Bulls just, eventually, they, they went out with talent. They started to play a little bit more defense. And then, like you said, those big three, those guys, they, they turned it on in the second half, uh, especially Rose in the fourth quarter, just made sure that, just kept the foot on the neck of the Celtics, mm-hmm. made sure there was no comeback attempt. Yeah, I mean, Brad Stevens essentially said what you just said, that, I don't know the exact quote, but that they, the Celtics were not expecting to maintain their pace of play 
and mm -hmm. Stevens kind of knew if the Bulls kept it going the way that they had it going that they were going to take this game, and that's exactly what happened. It stayed close. You know, the Bulls' big three that we talked about made sure that it did, and then when it came to crunch time, the, the Bulls' bench stepped up to start the fourth quarter, and then, you know, Rose, like you said, kind of took it from there and made sure, hey, we're the better team, we're going to get this win, and that's exactly what they did. I'm so impressed by Pau Gasol still at this stage in his career. I mean, I think it was two weeks ago he had a career night. I mean, this guy's having career nights at this stage yeah. in his career. That just tells you what a great signing that was for the Bulls. I mean, they already had Noah. They had Gibson. They had these guys that could play position, but they went out there and they got a guy that was – really, I, I thought it was a very – it was kind of an under-the-radar signing at the time. I mean, it was one of the bigger signings yesterday, but I didn't think it got a whole lot of publicity or as much as it should have. I mean, that's a great, great signing for them, especially with Noah out now. You have Gasol, you, you throw Gibson in the starting lineup, and they really didn't skip much of a beat. Well, right now in his contract, he's arguably the most valuable player yeah. in the league per dollar. It's right up there, although Steph Curry, it's hard to argue with that. But, I mean, Gasol's not getting paid that much. He'd be an absolute star, an all-star, maybe even all-star starter right now on this team. I mean, the... The Bulls, I know that they're not really. They're, they're several games out of the top of the Eastern Conference, like but five. Yeah, but they look That's like the Hawks. Are yeah, the Hawks, the yeah. Hawks have been incredible. And the Bulls are right there. I'm still putting my money on the else. Bulls. I mean, of course, this is when they actually could face each other in the playoffs. At that point, I definitely will be putting my money on the Bulls. They're, they're doing. It looked like they really figured out how to fit a soul into that Ross into that rotation tonight. I mean, the way that he was posting up uh, Tyler Zeller far away mm -hmm. from the hoop, and like everybody else was just flooding the lane. He was just dumping passes down to them. I mean, the soul has it figured out. That they could really have been have because he was out. posting up Tyler Zeller. But <laughs> and that block we'll on Olenek was just that was that was very that rude. was lethal. Yes. You know what I mean? that could have been because he, he was blocking Olenek. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, he just, but he just he played well. blocked Olenek. Olenek falls to the ground. He just kind of, like, steps over. I'm like, doesn't doesn't show about too much there. But it was just one of those, it was just like, wow. like that. that mm -hmm. And I think you tweeted, like, that kind of sums up the, yeah. like, the state of these two teams Well, because right Jimmy now. Butler went the other way and scored yeah. really nicely on the break. And that, yeah. that, that was a good tweet. That kind of, I was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much how this game is going <laughs> right from, from this point on. Okay, so we got to talk about Derrick Rose because Derrick yes. Rose mm -hmm. was unbelievable. He was D Rose tonight. Yes. Yep. Uh, yeah. and, and he did it with a three point shot, which he doesn't do it that often. With three, but he, I think he had five that's when five for eight. I mean, that's when he's at his best when he mixes that three in with mm -hmm. those knifing moves to the basket that he had plenty of tonight. When he gets those two things going together, that's what allows him to get. You know, he had the ten assists tonight. That's what allows him to get those assists when he becomes that inside out player. That's a good point. And, you know, the thing is, is that his finishes around the rim were, it's not like just yeah. a guy that's kind of coming back from his injury. That was, oh, my God, Derrick Rose from He's before he got smooth. hurt. He's going under the basket, mm -hmm. wrapping it around. I think a couple more on A.B. Bradley. I mean, yeah. A.B. Bradley's no slouch defender, obviously. He's one of the better yeah. on-ball defenders in the league. And D. Rose goes out there and dishes out 10 dimes, no turnovers. And it was a 29 points. Yeah, 29 points. So, yeah. I mean, this is one – I would say this had to be one of his better games of the year without sure. seeing all of his games. He's, he's been really a little inconsistent this year. Right, I, I, I know that. What yeah. I love was when he's making those knifing moves. It's like every single step he takes is like kind of like pushing really hard off of his legs mm -hmm. to try to change direction on every single step. It's great to see that he's finally back to doing that because that's like the kind of thing that he couldn't do with the injury. This was – these were the type of games that he consistently had during that MVP season. Mm -hmm. And one thing going off what you just said, Jared – him how hard it seems he's pushing off of his legs and stuff that's what you want to see out of him mm -hmm. with you know injuries to both knees you know it's worrisome some people think the reason that his knee that he was getting injured so much is because he's so explosive like that 
but on nights like tonight when you see him do it confidently and come out healthy and have the type of game he did tonight, that's flashes of the old Derrick Rose when he won that MVP award. All right, we're going to go to part two now. When we come back, we're going to talk even more about the Bulls, and we're going to have to talk about the Celtics because the Celtics did play in we this have game to? as well. Yeah, I mean, we'll try. We'll try a little <laughs> bit. And then, of course, ball and box, you know how we do. Garden Report part two will be right back. I thought he imposed his physical will on the game, and that's what he does. I mean, he's, the, the reason he is um, growing in everybody's eyes, in my opinion, or at least the, way, the reason he's growing in my eyes is because you know, yes, his skill's getting better. Yes, he's getting more used to being a guy. Yes, he's, you know, got another year of experience, but he's just physically, he's, he's tough. I mean, he's tough to stop. He's tough to play against offensively. He's got, he's just got a lot of stuff to him. I just think they, defensively it was just it was a lot of breakdowns and of course you know the Chicago Bulls being the Chicago Bulls scoring the ball, basketball the way they did um, we could have made things a lot tougher but you know they're so good that's the reason why they're top in the East. What can you guys do to respond better to those runs? Just come together as a team just come together as a team and, and uh, just pull it together you know, I think boys, boys is the biggest thing. We kind of rush. We try, we try to go for home run play sometimes. And uh, defensively, if somebody gets it going, or on, def on the defense end, if our man gets it going, we kind of hug up instead of just trusting the other four guys behind us. Back for part two of the Garden Report, powered by lynda.com. Go to lynda.com. You can get a free trial from CLNS Radio. So find that at CLNS Radio. You can get all the lessons you want. Learn how to be Jimmy Toscano or just learn how to Again, be a great man in general. <laughs> okay, so let's get into this. So the Bulls were phenomenal. The Celtics, not so much. We're looking at this as a, a kind of like a two-pronged issue. They don't have a go-to scorer right now, which is what you expect when you get rid of the two best players. And they don't have anybody to run the ball. They're trying with Evan Turner. Evan Turner, I'd say, is doing pretty much what you expect from Evan Turner, which is not a diss at all. It's wouldn't say it's a compliment, but it's something. Um, he's you know, doing he's, things. He's yeah. solid. He puts in an effort. He tries to make a play. He's just—he's kind of mismatched with this situation, but he's getting called upon. He's doing his job here. But the Celtics well, are in need. Guy. Yeah, he's not. He's a point forward. He's trying to run point on a mediocre team. So it's not fair to him to really put this on him. Now, we, they have Phil Pressey sitting there, who I think has been playing great in the limited opportunities that he's getting. Um, and then Marcus Smart, who just is not ready for this role whatsoever. But they're trying to kind of work him in smoothly here. But they're clearly not trying to throw him in the deep end. I mean, he's barely even cracking 20 minutes. He only played, actually, he played 28 tonight. So I, I should rephrase, barely cracking 30 minutes then. Um, Which but, is okay. I mean, Jimmy, what is right now, starting with just who's running point, who's running the offense, where should they be going, especially based on what you saw tonight? Well, I think you nailed a lot of things in the head. Um, Thank you. Evan Turner, for once, I'll give it to you that one time. <laughs> <laughs> Evan Turner, we all know, we're not breaking news, he's not a point guard. Okay, he's playing point guard right now, or point forward right now, because the Celtics' point guard of the future, they hope, is Marcus Smart. But the key word there is future. He's not ready to be point guard. Some people don't even think he is a point guard still. And I, and yeah. there was a, I was sitting with a lot, some Bulls writers tonight, and they were asked, one of them asked me, you know, how's Marcus Smart been? And I said, well, Evan Turner's running the point right now, <laughs> and Phil Pressey's getting a lot of minutes. So as you can see, I mean, listen, the injury really slowed Smart's progress. I do think he's improved. I mean, let's, I mean, we can all agree that he's playing better. Sure. He's more confident in his shot. Um, I, 
I think I had a problem with one of his shots tonight. It was it was a rush. It was a rough yeah. off, off balance shot. Bad step shot. back. No, yeah, that's going to happen with him. But that's going to happen. I mean, you're a rookie. You're going to take shots that sometimes you maybe shouldn't take. But he's not ready to run the offense. Uh, he's not ready to be a point guard at the NBA level. He needs another off season with Stevens. And until then, they're going to put a guy like Presti out there who definitely doesn't have the, the same upside Smart has, but can get the job done right now and can run the offense. And I had a couple people tweeting at me, like, why why isn't Smart running the offense? Like, just let, just let him run the offense. Well, that's, like you said, that's not really fair to him. He's not ready to do that. And it's not fair to his teammates because it makes them play worse, too. It's like it's like saying, why isn't Brandon Bass taking all the three-point shots? It's like Brandon Bass can hit a three, <laughs> but you can't put Brandon Bass in the position right. where he's taking every single three. Right. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with a lot of what you said, Jimmy. Turner is, you know, when Rondo was here, okay, Turner's a, a decent fill-in start at mm. point guard. But Rondo's gone, so Turner isn't really the answer now. He's been solid. He had 11, 8, and 6 tonight. And I commend him That's, for playing injured. Go on. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, and he played with the hurt thumbs. So, you know, this is none of this is a knock on Evan Turner. He's, he's a fun guy in the locker room. He's stepping in and trying to do a job that he's not necessarily best suited for, and he's putting up decent numbers in it. So this isn't an Evan Turner problem. No. This is the just getting the team to jail problem. And, you know, I, I'm a Phil Pressey fan. I liked what I saw from him last year when he, mm-hmm. he had, you know, I think it was probably around 12 or 13 starts, and he finished with above 500 record as the starting point guard. So just Phil Pressey, you know. He's undersized, he has to work on his shot, but he runs the offense very well. I don't think anybody will argue that. And then lastly, what you guys said about Smart, he's obviously not ready, and it would be unfair to throw him in, but just like we talked about last last episode, how it's unfair to put the expectations on Sullinger as the best player on the team, they are going to have to put Marcus Smart in some uncomfortable situations mm-hmm. and let him run the offense some, even if he's going to play more time off the ball and see what he can do and maybe develop him into somebody that after the trade deadline maybe can take over the starting point guard role for the last month and a half just to to see what you have in him it can't really hurt your team unless you think it's gonna you know stunt marcus smart's growth which probably it won't do he seems like a pretty confident kid and i say this seriously marcus smart might get the opportunity just because there's not going to be anybody in front of him by the trade deadline Mm -hmm. i mean they've already made nine trades now i mean there's there's a chance that they probably will make more and there's a good chance that he's going to be the starting point guard just because there's nobody else to play that role. So Smart should be paying attention still and not getting giving up, I guess. Doesn't really <laughs> no, seem like Marcus Smart's character. No, though. he's not. Yeah, but so we, we talk about who needs to run point. They still need a go-to guy. And no matter how much Jared Sollinger will insist that he doesn't want to be that guy because he wants to develop the team system, the team system only works so much, especially on this team, and they need go-to guys just to get things done. They tried posting him up in the fourth quarter. They, he took seven shots. He only hit two of them. Jimmy, I mean, they tried posting up Taj Gibson. It did not work out too well. Most people in the league don't score on Taj Gibson. He's one of the best defenders in basketball. But do you feel like that was a good move to go to Solinger? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, because we were talking about kind of forcing the issue with him and, and mm-hmm. getting it at least in his mind, ingrained in his mind that in this stage in the game, like, you should be thinking, shoot. You should be thinking low post, whether, whether it's low post. And I know that we talked about it as well. Like, is he an outside guy or is he a low post guy? Whatever Stevens is telling him, he's going to be thinking, shoot first. Don't force the shot, but in your mind, be like, okay, I'm the guy right now. There's no more Jeff Green. There's no more Rondo. I still like Evan Turner as, as a really good offensive weapon in certain situations. And Avery Bradley's been hitting shots too, but there's only certain shots that I think I want Bradley taking, It's and it's not. Yeah. Yeah. 
But Julian, there's, <laughs> yeah. Julian, there's, there's, a, there's a difference between a shoot first, ask questions later kind of approach, and then just trying to run plays through the guy. Right. And it's like he's so focused on being part of the system, the system that they want to run when they're in the playoffs and they have all the guys in the roster that they need. But they're just that's not what the situation is right now. It's one thing to be trying to learn the plays for when you need them. But it's another mm-hmm. thing that you're in the NBA. You got a chance to develop yourself here. The team has a chance to develop versatility, and maybe it's a benefit just from a dynamic, just being a dynamic team to be able to go to those guys or run the offense through them. Much in the way that the Bulls were running the offense through Gasol and how successful that was. They should be doing something similar with Solinger or yeah. Olenek. I mean, so. Sullinger did take 18 shots, and that was a team high. So yeah, I mean you can't he, I'm not, he can't knock him for that. He 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 is shooting the ball. He had a team high, 20 points as well. So he did kind of finish as the team leader, you could say. Not that 20 points on 18 shots that's not efficient, but you know, every every time you ask questions like this, Jared, I always say you have to find out what you have in Sollinger. Find out what you have in this. This is what the whole se- rest of the season is about. Finding out what you have in certain players in certain situations. So all these all these questions, I almost give you the same answer to each one. Find out what you have in Jared Sollinger, just like you should find out what you have in Marcus Smart at point guard at, you know, in the last month or two of the season. And then you have a much better, then you've seen it. You have a much better idea of what you need to do in the offseason if you're Brad Stevens, if you're Danny Ainge. So the only way to know is by trying different things. You never know if you don't try. But it's, and like you said, it's, it's tough to score on Gibson. It's obviously tough to score on Gasol. I mean, he's bigger, you know, he's a seven-footer guy. You can't judge it on that one game. But I, I, mm-hmm. do appre- I do like that they are making a conscious effort to give it to him down low and, like you just said, see what they got. All right, so let's just go to the award ceremony of the show. I know the Oscar nominations are out, so we're going to give out our awards for, I wouldn't call them, they're not quite as prestigious as the Oscar. But let's see, the best stat performance uh, for me, I'll start with Jimmy Butler with his career-high six steals, which contributed to a doubling of turnovers between the Bulls and the Celtics. Celtics have 14 turnovers to seven for the Bulls, and that was 21 points off the turnovers for the Bulls compared to just 11 for the Celtics. In honor of the Oscars, the best stat performance <laughs> is... Oh, look at that. It's Derek Rose's 10 assists and zero turnovers. Nice we pair of gloves on you there, too. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And we were talking about this in the last video. I mean, we were we goo goo gaga over Derek Rose and Pau Gasol. And, and I just think that against Bradley, a, a great defender, uh, the 10 assists and zero turnovers and the, and the 29 points. I think this whole entire stat line is my box for it because I just thought he was such a great player tonight. My box, I'm going to go with the 33 points that the Bulls had in the third quarter. All 33 of them were by Butler, who had 10, Gasol, who had 14, and Rose, who had 9. You got adds the math, up. Jimmy? Adds up, yeah. That's 33. Derek Rose on top of it, 6 assists in that quarter. So Rose went for 9 and 6 in the quarter. The other two guys were in double figures. That's what kept the Bulls in it, got them to that fourth quarter. So what about Baller? Baller. Those guys got him to the fourth quarter. The bench started off the fourth Ooh. quarter hot. Aaron Brooks and Etwan Moore can share the baller the night award. They shot a combined nine for 14, combined six for nine from downtown, 15 points for Brooks, nine for Etwan Moore. Danny Ainge is saying, hey, you see what those second-round picks can be, <laughs> Etwan Moore. Look what he did tonight. That's why Danny Ainge gets all those second-rounders. Hey, shout-out to Etwan. We haven't talked about him probably since the first year that we did the show. <laughs> yeah. Back before Julian was even here. He's still doing his thing. I was his, a baby. Uh, 
<laughs> fellow Boilermaker, Jawan Johnson, not so much, but he's still doing his thing. I'm sure yeah, Jawan Johnson. You don't Johnson's want first like, round picks. You no, want the second just, round picks. Just trade all the first for two seconds. <laughs> all right, just so what, what about your baller? Uh, Derek Rose again. I'm sorry about mentioning him a thousand times this video. Also, honorable mention goes to Aaron Brooks. I, I told him this after the game. I said, you're, you're in my top five for Celtics killers. Because just over his career, Always. over his career, I saw that. He, he is one of those guys that. When he's got the, something about playing the Celtics, he admitted, he's like, yeah, something about playing the Celtics. He just plays better against the Celtics. So. I feel like a lot of, like, Brooks. gunning the point, point guard guards. Position tonight. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of gunning point guards play really well against the Celtics. That's true. Like, Isaiah Thomas lit him up last yeah. time he was here last year. And crazy how that happened. So, for me, uh, Jimmy Butts is what I'm calling him right now. I <laughs> hope I'm the only one in the world calling him. That's a terrible nickname. But I love the way the guy plays the game. From eighth we, man to all-star. Oh, my God. He is, <laughs> yeah. he is he the was epitome of everything you could hope for out of an eighth man. And that's why he's my baller. That's why we're ending the show now. So, for Julian, for Jimmy, I am Jared. I was going to make a paper airplane. Screw it. Garvin Report, CLNS Radio, Celtics Blog. Peace. Ah. <laughs>